Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, and blessings, and welcome to another installment of the Gist of Freedom and State. This show is produced by acclaimed historian, educator, and author, Leslie Gist, and serves as our weekly live online discussion to celebrate the African-American experience by honoring all the people, past and present, black and white, who, with faith and focus, are preserving our rich history through literature, the arts, the skilled trades, and the humanities. We thank you for joining us tonight, and we'd love you to be a part of tonight's discussion by calling in with your comments or questions to 347-324-5552. Hello, this is a special edition of the Gist of Freedom. Today we have uh, a special guest. She was one of the first people I interviewed over eight years ago, Queen Quet. And we have Dr. Sidney Davis on the line, and we have Stella Antley. Let me let me greet you. I greet you, Queen Cut. Peace and blessings. That's why I've been a pause. I've been a wit. First of all, I want all the hundred children with a yeti this year for know how to pronounce this thing. It's Gullah Geechee, Gullah Geechee Nation. And the Gullah Geechee Nation begins in Jacksonville, North Carolina, and extends all the way southward to Jacksonville, Florida. It encompasses all of the sea islands as well as 35 miles to the St. John's River, so anywhere between 30 and 35 miles of mainland area of what's called the Carolina-Georgia Low Country as well as northeastern Florida are part of the Gullah Geechee Nation. So a hundred children are Yeti people are deep like Odisha. That is our home language, which is Gullah, and we have a dialect that evolved from that language called Geechee. The people here are Gullah Geechee as well. And so I'm very happy to be back here with Sister Gist on Gist of Freedom once again. It's always good to take a journey. I take it that since we completed one septenary, you wanted to begin a new septenary uh, by having this be the eighth year since returning to the broadcast. And I thought it was apropos that today is our final day of the Middle Passage Month here in the Gullah Geechee Nation, and tomorrow will be our first day of Gullah Geechee Awareness Month. So I thought it was apropos that this would be the date for this interview and in in my return to your broadcast. So thank you, thank you for having me, y'all. I'm delighted and, and, and humbled by hearing you say those words, and we and we want to let everyone know, please, to learn more about the Queen. You can uh, learn more at her website, which is www.queenquet.com. I'd just like to add that she was one of the first women to represent the Gullah Geechee Nation at the United Nations and speak before the world for her nation. Uh, She is a a computer whiz, a mathematician, uh, and she's been indoctrined all over the world and spoken all over the world about the mission of the Geechee Gailey people. Thank you and welcome, uh, Queen Quest. Thank you, uh, thank you. And I just want to say I'm not the first woman, I'm the first person for <laughs> Gullah Geechee to speak for Gullah Geechee's at the United Nations. I'm the first person, so not thank just the first you. woman, and that does make a massive difference in terms of world history. Yes. Wow. The United Nations, yes, very, very um, 
before I start, I just wanted to thank Dr. Sidney Davis for taking time out of his world schedule and lectures to join us as well. Uh, Dr. Davis is a, a world-renowned uh, archaeologist in African history and uh, theologian, uh, and uh, I appreciate him being with us. Uh, I'd like to do a moment of silence for all the Trayvon Martins of, the, of, of our fallen brothers and sisters as uh, the slave holding me was having to run for her life and being shot at in 1815 as I am in 2015. So we could just do a moment of silence for our brothers and sisters that have been uh, killed uh, in, 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 in the United States. And uh, thank you for that. Okay. First, before I uh, begin, um, I wanted to just add that the slave holding me uh, lived to be 111, and I'm on a mission, uh, my birthright and my sojourney to get reparation for her and all of our uh, African descendant uh, uh, ancestors, if we can. Uh, the United Nations being a hollowed hall where we need to make this plea. I appreciate that they did put up this um, um, a permanent uh, memorial for slavery, uh, the transatlantic slave trade. However, uh, I was um, I was it was brought to my attention by a happen chance when a media feed came across my screen last of the steel being unveiled for the United Nations uh, a slavery memorial, and they've been working on that for the past six years since 2007. Uh, I had not heard of it. I was elated when I saw it and got busy trying to get invited to represent a slave who I believe ancestrally lives on through me and my bloodline, but I was not able to do so. I spoke to a few African Americans and no one had heard about the memorial. Uh, I spoke with um, Queen Mother Blakely, who is the uh, community mayor of New York, Harlem. She gave me some contact, and then Anne-Marie sent me a memo um, from the Council General of Jamaica, and the inside salutation is what brought me to this uh, journey that I'm on. And um, it said, Dear fellow Jamaican, and was an inside salutation on March uh, 23rd, and he asked that they um, disseminate this memo to all of their Jamaican and Caribbean friends. So I was waiting for where the African-American part would come in, and it, I never read that. So that's when I started this mission on why we were not invited, why we were not visible. Um, the resolution 62-122 that brought this into being in 2007 said it was to recognize all victims of slavery. So that's where we are now, and Dr. Davis can take over some more of the historical background on this. Well, the um, the permanent memorial to um, slavery, which is now unveiled in, in the um, in a prominent place in the UN Plaza, is a uh, an initiative um, that was uh, that involved states um, in the Caribbean and in Africa to. Um, to um, bring in funds and to construct and to bring into existence. But, uh, and this was under a UNESCO program. The UNESCO program was the program that was responsible for getting the word out to all member states. But it seemed that um, 
African Americans or the United States were was left out of that uh, notification, and as a result, um, we were not uh, appraised of it. We were not appraised of the planning. We were not appraised of the um, funding or of the final unveiling that took place on March 25th. Um, and there are a number of logistical reasons why that happened. I don't want to go into that, but the fact of the matter remains that we were unaware. Um, we were not uh, part of the uh, picture as as, uh, as it uh, pertains to this uh, event and, and to, to this memorial. However, uh, there were a few that were notified, those who were in a position um, because of their position or connection to the United, to the United, to the United Nations, uh, that were that were uh, part of the uh, invitation list, and but these were high-level, prominent um, um, individuals in in the mostly in the New York Committee, such as um, um, former Mayor David Dinkin, Dinkins and uh, and Queen Mother uh, Dolores uh, Blakely. They they happened to be there. Um, they were one of the few, uh, among the few African Americans who were there at the at the unveiling, but uh, the majority of the um, pe- people that were there were Caribbeans. It was suggested that we, at some time in the future, probably next year, that we hold a dedication of this of this event. So this is something that we're planning to have a dedication where we will have a greater um, gathering to honor our ancestors and to bring into focus uh, this memorial so that all of our brothers and sisters here in the United States, descendants of captives who were taken into slavery here, can know about this and be involved in uh, the dedication. If if you would, well, I've just been waiting for the opportunity to actually give yeah, a background I, that I know on this entire thing. Um, and I'm sure some of your listeners will be surprised, and some of your listeners may even be offended by what I have to mm-hmm. say. Because I've known okay. about this before it was ever built. I actually mm-hmm. was on one of the teams that was sent the information to submit a proposed drawing or model of what the monument would be. Um, mm-hmm. So I worked with another Gullah Geechee to be a part of that process as well. Now, the reason that I was on the list for that goes before that. I was actually invited to the African Union by a sister who works in more of an administrative capacity, one might say, at the African Union, who had, I I put it this way, it was divine order that one of the ambassadors that was to make a journey here to the Gullah Geechee Nation with U.S. Department of State representatives, which I host all the time since I'm a head of state myself. They often bring different groups from around the world here. Well, there was a group of ambassadors that was to come from various countries of the world, and wherein all of these different European ambassadors came, the African ambassador did not come. So someone who was an administrative person, in other words, like a secretary in the office, came in that space instead of an actual ambassador to the U.N. But when she came, I noticed a few things immediately. When they first arrived in Charleston, we had an opening reception with them. 
then they came to St. Helena Island where they actually were able to learn more firsthand of the Gullah Geechee Nation where the traditions are still lived, the African traditions are still lived, that everyone else would, you know, I'm sure all of you have been at receptions, so you know that there are sort of little circles of groups of people that would get into conversations with one another. And I noticed everyone except her would do that. She would always be off by herself. And so when I came and started talking to her, that's when I found out I think she was deferring because she wasn't officially an ambassador like everyone else was. So nonetheless, we then got into a great deal of dialogue about her country, her people, so on, so on, and where she worked and how she got to be in this group. And she worked for the African Union. Well, because of the continued contact with her over the course of about two or three more years, which was around the same time in 2007 that the initial declaration I was already mentioned happened, I ended up getting an invitation in 2009 or 2010 to come to the African Union office at any time that I would be in New York because this sister wanted the head of the African Union office in New York to actually meet me and understand that with the African Union extending and saying they wanted to have one more part of the African Union, which would be the African diaspora, that there was only one person elected to actually be over a group of people in North America, and that was myself. So she felt you shouldn't be going to organizations and going to get people, you should actually be seeking to someone who has an official elected capacity to be in this position. So I came there the first time, met with the gentleman. He was Angolan, automatic connection to the Gullah Geechee Nation. So I got on a guest list that then invited me to come to another function at the African Union. So on the third go-round that I came to the African Union, it was on a meeting that I said, well, I'm going to be back in New York at the U.N. Is there anything in particular going on? I know there were several other people you all mentioned that would like to meet me, and they said, yes, we definitely need to have a meeting with you because there is going to be a monument placed at the U.N., and your input would be greatly appreciated. Can you make time in your schedule to come to the office? Definitely. We set up this meeting, and when I got there, I thought I was going to actually meet with the ambassador from Jamaica. Instead, once again, I met with someone who was an assistant to the ambassador of Jamaica. And she actually they had to keep apologizing because she had us waiting 45 minutes before she came for this meeting, and they had to call her three times. Well, they we met with her, and then what I found out was they were then looking for an African-American that could be a spokesperson for the component that Dr. Davis is talking about to actually be the voice in North America to get the word out amongst the African diaspora to say this monument's coming, money has to be raised for it to be permanent at the U.N., we need everybody to know about it, so I'm going to be the voice. So now where this sister is saying, well, Queen Quet could be that voice, what the sister and the Jamaican ambassador and those had in mind was, no, we want a, a movie star person, okay? So mm. a few names were tossed around. Many of those names I swiped out of the air 
because I said, well, why would that person be the person? That person doesn't have any particular credibility in regard to movements and things amongst the people who are probably going to really be alerted to this. You don't want mm-hmm. that person. Well, how about this name, this name, this name? So I even put out some names that are celebrities that have native Gullah Geechee roots. A couple of them, they love those ideas, but they said, was there any way to get in touch with them? I said, well, I can get in touch with a couple of people, but I need to know what it is you want from them before I do something like that. Well, that Mm -hmm. very same evening, there was a private meeting at the United Nations that I also had an invitation to attend to then discuss this monument and now being at the point of, one, that they had already gotten the permission now for a permanent location at the U.N. in New York, but then, two, they announced that. That was number one. Number two was now they needed to select an African-American spokesperson Right, and that African American spokesperson is going to be charged with number three, getting that word out, and all of us getting the word out about the funds that would need to be raised. So this was really to be done for you know a few press was there, but mostly it was sort of an inner circle of people. I intentionally, if you've ever been in the United Nations in New York or any of them, you know how huge the meeting rooms are. So I intentionally sat in the back in the first tier of what would be the first set of seats that are rising seats going up and let these folks march in that all wanted to get on these seats on the floor. And I knew ambassadors and people would take their seats where their names were and others would fill in. Well, when the head of the African Union saw me from the distance, he had walked all the way back there and brought a few people and said, well, Queen, why are you sitting back here? I said, this is by choice. I'm fine where I am. Thank you very much. You know, and so mm-hmm. they were like, well, we're so glad you're here, this, that, and the other. We're looking forward to your input. Well, the people who came marching in were the typical players in New York, the typical black activists, black museum curators that I saw that were also on this guest list, and Russell Simmons, was who they were talking to about being the spokesman for this. Mm. That wasn't the name that conjured in my mind that would be yeah. the person to be the spokesman for this. Now, he could write right. a big check for it, but not mm-hmm. be the spokesman for such a critical monument as this. So when it all went through a year or so later, the things came out about the competition for the design, and since then, there was no more communication. There was hmm. never any email sent to me or anyone else that I know of that was there on that initial night or anything hmm. to say, here's the information. Can you get it out to your networks? Can you get it out of any of you know about social media? You know the Gullah Geechee Nation daily mm-hmm. posts on mm-hmm. social media. So had yeah. we been sent the link and the details and the information and finally apprised of where we are in the process, we could have kept the world knowing where we all were in the process. So it wasn't until they'd already selected the monument that I got an email and they said, this is who's been selected and the monument's going to be built. The unveiling date never got a private invitation to even attend the unveiling Uh date. Uh Mm -hmm. That's what I was afraid of. And this is an abomination. It's, really, it's an outrage. It, it's I, an outrage. I, I, it's an outrage um, I, that they would slight, that they would slight, that would that they would slight you and ignore you after yes. you're having been involved in the process from almost the it, very beginning. This is an outrage. 
a celebrity. And the civil society was had to charge as part of this $1.7 million that it took to erect and finance this. They were held responsible for getting the information out to all educational institutions and civic organizations. There was no reason African Americans should have been left out of that memorial. And I am asking, we've had, this is our third uh, show on, on the Gist of Freedom, and I thank Sister Leslie for uh, hosting us, that we uh, request our own dedication. Because slaveholding me was not a slave in Jamaica. She was a slave here. And they had all of the aristocratic. I did talk to John Clark, who was the council general, that sent out the um, what I would call a bigoted memo, inviting very inclusive of Jamaicans and fellow Jamaicans and Caribbeans. He had me call uh, Kurt Davis of the UN and uh, to see if he could get me a, a ticket. I never heard from Mr. Davis. Mm. So it's, it's, it's very, I, I can't even put into words hearing well, you say that. Point. I just assumed she was invited. Okay. Go ahead. There has been no dedication. There has been no dedication. Well, unveiling, semantics aside, unveiling, dedication. We well, we need to we, have we, a dedication. We were, the unveiling there needs to be a dedication. Correct. Exactly. There does need to be a dedication. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. So that's my quest. Uh, that's what I've, I've been trying to do, the sojourning, and I'm glad to have you all join me. Dr. Davis did attend, and he, he gave me a very graphical uh, depiction. He said there were a few scattered at, but no. Not not the way with 15 million Africans uh, in diaspora, um, and three a third of those being women. And this is the year of the woman slave. So with the slave holding, I want to represent her, and I think we have every right to go there and be seen in numbers. Our people need lifting up right now. We're very downtrodden. We're not part of the infrastructure. No one sees us as being important. We're no longer chattel. Uh, we're no you know. Equality is a commodity, and so we're not uh, being brought into any of the different systems. Jamaica has a voice at the United Nations. We do not. I, I don't understand that. I know that they have their own island and everything, but they were slaves for sugarcane. We were slaves for cotton. I don't understand how they can get all the, the development funds from the United Nations and have a seat at the United Nations, and because we've fallen. Now, Queen uh, Mother Blakely has advocated for this uh, uh, memorial with Queen mother more for over 30 years and she says that we fall under the United States article title 6 African American so under that title I think we should be uh, and they do have a committee that's going on now at the United Nations called the African uh, Descendants so I, I think we should try and become members of that as well well let me add this and anybody can go to Gullah Geechee TV if they type in Queen Quet African Union on YouTube or Gullah Geechee TV African Union on YouTube you'll see the meetings that took place in New York at the African okay. Union to start to try to have a fur or to further a dialogue that had been happening in various urban centers in the United States regarding the African diaspora and in particular people of African descent in America and them being a part, an active part of what the African Union does. And mm -hmm. it and again, your listeners may be offended, but I'm speaking truth and reality. It degraded into nonsense. It mm -hmm. degraded into competitivism. It did mm -hmm. not go forth in line with African protocols and principles. So I right. say that to say this. If we do not respect us 
no one else is going to respect us. I am not offended in the least by Jamaica standing for Jamaica. I'm not offended in the least for, let's say, Brazil to stand for Brazil. I am offended that people of African descent and North America do not unify, that they have taken on the worst of what happened to our ancestors during the transatlantic slave trade and that they are still suffering from post-traumatic slave syndrome and seeking no cure. Okay? That is the problem. That is central to what happened that day. Even that day they were trying to nominate two people who would actually go to a conference and thereafter have a seat at the table at such activities as this. Again, the African Union themselves said, well, if it were up to us, because Queen Quet is already elected, we may select her, but because we're leaving this as a democratic process, we can, we're not going to tell y'all who to pick. It's up to this group that's here to pick. And what did that turn into? Sexism. It became mm. an issue where the males there, because I had my male assistant there, tried mm-hmm. to even cordon him off in the corner and say, well, brother, let's just get the brothers to get the seat. So until these types of issues are dealt with amongst our own circle of people, we're not going to be respected in a global arena like the United Nations. So when Dr. Davis mentions that this was also connected to UNESCO, the UNESCO Slave Route Project has been blasphemous just about as far as I'm concerned because from its inception it has allowed for Anglo scholars to be the primary speakers on the experiences of people of African descent and those who were the victims of the transatlantic slave trade as opposed to those of us who are on this phone right now. So, again, Mm -hmm. if the voices haven't been there in these institutionalized frameworks, then they continue to go back to their same mailing list, you understand. The same people get the invitations to come in. Those same people are the ones that then want the photo ops and get to go to the receptions and whether we call it the unveilings or the dedications. They are the ones Mm -hmm. on those lists because they are the safe ones, and they are the ones that they feel they can just go ahead and at least if someone asks a question, we can say so-and-so was here. And that's what they've done, and that's what they continue to do. So until the House gets an order amongst people of African descent in North America, this is going to continue to be perpetuated. And people will point to the disarray, the sexism, Mm -hmm. the the internal post-traumatic slave syndrome amongst our own group and say, see, y'all aren't organizing, you won't follow your own leaders, so what are we supposed to do? And they'll keep using that as as their reasoning. Mm-hmm. Queen Quest, did they ever elect a spokesperson from the African-American community? Other they did. They did. For that, that particular conference, what they no, did the was they selected two men who were out of the group called WADU that's based in New York, which then meant that there was no one in any rural area in the South or anywhere else in the country that was going to be a voice. And they then went to this conference that was held in South Africa and have since gone to some different meetings at the African Union. But I don't think that the African Union ever fully placed a seat yet still for the African diaspora because they said they still could not get a meeting of the minds. 
from where they'd met up in the in the uh, northwest, where they'd met in the west in California areas, where they'd met in New York, and so on. And I did encourage them and urge them that all those areas they met in are cities, and they had yet to come to rural areas. So you still weren't going to get a proper voice if you were going to get a, quote, black person that just was an urban person and throw one person in a seat and say, this person can speak to all the issues for the African diaspora. That's not going to work. Where I live on land that was plantations, that's a whole different voice and experience than when Mm -hmm. I lived in New York City. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. So so they still have not filled that seat yet. I have well, to well we need to. We need to. We, uh, became, can you hear me? No, go ahead. Go ahead, Leslie. Go okay. ahead. Okay. I just became a member. They just appointed me a member of the Wadu this past summer. Okay. I've been a guest speaker there for. Uh, I spoke there five different times, and I was, I was with the African Union. So I'm going to try while you guys continue this conversation to get someone on the line from Wadu that would be while wonderful. you're talking to find out who was the person that identified the person that Queen Quet is talking about. Uh, we can mm-hmm. probably get to the bottom of this before this conversation ends. So I'm going to uh, put myself on mute, and please continue. Okay. And let me just tell the sister before she go make her call on mute, that one of the parties that was involved in this is since deceased, and quote-unquote mm-hmm. dead men tell no tales. So right. you're okay. not going to find that information from one party because it is. Buried, literally, at this point. Well, but I Simmons, can tell you because I was there. Well, go ahead. You, you mentioned Russell Simmons. Which year was he to? I thought he was going to be on the uh, transatlantic permanent, and when they suggested you, but they wanted more of a celebrity figure. Did they ever fill that seat? That was, well, Russell Simmons, I don't know what his final decision was, but that night at the meeting, Russell was asked about being the spokesperson for that memorial and helping to raise money for that memorial. I tweet with him all the time. I never saw him officially take on that role. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that they were concerned about is that Russell was focusing on even today's trafficking of human beings. And they Mm -hmm. did not want the two topics to get blended, which, you know, Mm -hmm. makes sense that when we're Uh talking about being victims of the transatlantic slave trade, that is a different topic than modern-day human trafficking. And so they didn't want the two combined, and even that very night he combined both. And so I don't think that that went where they wanted it to go, and I I never saw any tweets or any postings from him about the fundraising uh, and that was the main reason they wanted the, quote, celebrity African-American, end quote, because they wanted that person to be part of the American fundraising that Dr. Davis was mentioning earlier, and we really didn't hear any voice about that. So I never got anything that showed if they did end up getting an African-American celebrity, and I think herein lied the problem with the PR on the fact that this memorial was even in the process of being built, much less the fact that it now exists. Well, and it I started in 2007. Uh, yes. Go ahead, Dr. Davis. I have been I have been educated today by Queen Cat on this uh, mm-hmm. on this whole matter, and mm-hmm. obviously, you know, I was not aware of any of this, so I appreciate this information. But uh, we have now identified this problem. We see um, all the machinations that have uh, taken place 
that resulted in this um, outrage, I call it. Day I, of absence. I, uh, I, 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 we need to get behind Queen Cat on this matter. And I think between Queen Cat, Queen Mother Bickley, and yourself, Stella, that we can now start a initiative to get the representation that we need um, going forward. And I want to support you, Queen Cat, in all your efforts. I honor yes. you. And uh, you're, you're, you're obviously more than competent. Um, your mm-hmm. your station and your and your and your place in our tradition is unquestioned, and uh, you are obviously you obviously excel over and above any any spokesman that I've ever heard on the subject. And so we want to do at least I do. I want to work with you, and I want to um, um, try to get together with uh, yourself, Queen Mother Blakely, Stella to go forward and get in the representation that we need. Um, I know that Queen Mother Blakely, she is also very much involved with the African Union. In fact, she was there with the uh, African Union conference they had um, this year. She spoke to them. <clears throat> so, um, but uh, I, I, I want to, I would like to see you as the person that will be our spokesman and having the seat on the African Union. I mean, you're you're already attached to the United Nations. I don't understand why that was even a question. That's what uh, they said. I, <laughs> that was what they said. You know, so yeah. we need to we need to go forward on this, and we need to uh, stop preparing uh, a, a, a road map as to how we will bring the recognition that needs to be brought to uh, our people with regard to this event of this memorial. Um, and we need to go further on this um, in addressing the whole uh, aspect of reparations, rematriation to the motherland, and all these things. I want to honor you and applaud you for everything that you've done in this matter. And I thank you very yes. much. And I'm, I'm uh, you know, I know it's been frustrating. It and is. you're correct. You are correct. It is. It is uh, very uh, upsetting. Uh, to see how this thing unfolded, but we need to now pick up the pieces and go forward Absolutely. on this matter. I agree with you 100%. And I, just, mm-hmm. and I also want to tell you that Wadu was founded by Leonard Jeffries, Dr. Leonard Jeffries. Yes. Is yes. everyone yeah. familiar with who he is? So yeah, I know I'm who he looking is, for yeah. his. I'm looking for his number. Um, most of the members of Wadu are from different parts of the country. They're not. Um, they're, they're not Native African Americans. They're from all over the world. Yeah. So that yeah. in itself is a strange move because um, they really are not centered around African-Americans. Um, their focus is not African-Americans. It's a world. Well, Leonard Jeffrey, um, Leonard Jeffrey should know, yeah. Leonard Jeffrey should, uh, should know better to uh, allow you to have the uh, recognition that uh, accrues to you in this matter, I mean, he was there. He should know better. He was yeah. he was there that day. He was there that day, and several yeah. other brothers who a lot of people, especially New Yorkers, because I've lived there, I know all these people by name. Um, yeah. I know mm-hmm. several of them who actually are native Gullah Geechees as well, but they don't tell most of you that uh, yeah. because they've been in Harlem and Brooklyn for all these generations now, yeah. and mm-hmm. their focus is Africa, and so because many of them have 
you know, have businesses in Africa. They run tours to Africa. They've made their careers off of Africa. Um, They do not focus on this issue in the same manner. Many of them have been installed in West African villages because of the money they bring to those villages. No problem there. But yeah. they have overlooked what is going on even right here with their land yeah. and the Gullahichi Nation. So when it comes down to living in the balance and the harmony of the protocols of respecting an elected chiefess, that is mm-hmm. not in their purview. And so that became the dynamic and, as I said, the corner discussion, the sidebar corner discussion. And the women who were there were not happy. There were a number of different women there that represented different organizations, different bodies of work. And even the women were like, look, some of us would love to go to South Africa, but honestly we would defer to Queen Quet too if, you know, our vote would be for her. So the women weren't being competitive and the women weren't being catty, but this decision ended up being a situation where it was a male-dominated discussion and it was largely a New York-based, Afrocentric male-dominated discussion with the African Mm -hmm. Union. Now, that is a separate piece that just happens to also link to my link to the memorial that we're talking about and which does link greatly to what happens at the United Nations every time there is a conference. Every time there is the International Day of Remembrance, these groups that are based there are the ones that tend to get the invitations that the sisters have been talking about. They're the ones who have the buddies and the friends who say, well, we're going to set up a reception or we're going to set up a panel. You're going to be the speaker again. And so if they continue to still be the people speaking, then everyone right. there is nobody else to speak. There are no other leaders. There are no other voices. People don't even know that I'm in the U.N. at a lot of these things because I sit there and I watch the horse and pony show go on, and then I go to other rooms and have serious meetings about what really needs to go on and and what has to happen in terms of protecting human rights for African people. And so this is the thing that I again say, your listeners might not like what I'm saying, but I'm telling them the truth and the reality is there's post-traumatic slave syndrome issues that have to be dealt with amongst our own community. And until we do the sexism, the ignoring all of the dynamics that involve that our ancestors were even enslaved and us mystifying Africa as opposed to looking at the realities of the hardship yes. even in the motherland today, we are not going to go forward. We're going to be like a dog chasing his tail. Somebody will be back on just the freedom eight years from now talking about this conversation we had. People will analyze our recordings from these blog talk radios, and they'll study them in universities, but what progress will be made by it. So my thing is I'm always open open to working for the upliftment of people of African descent. That's what I do every day of my life. And it's not about title and position, but it is about qualification. Who is qualified to do the job and who has the credentials to do the job? I look at that and lay mine against anybody else at any time, and if the other person has more, let them go do it, man or woman. But I don't think that we need to block ourselves in by these old things and things that we are learned behaviors from yes. enslavement. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, so if, if I if I have anything to say about it, that party is over. 
Hmm. Well, okay. on behalf of 55 million displaced Africans, that party is over. And I'm, when I invited Queen Quest and I was fervent in contacting her when she missed the first show, I had no idea of the background she was going to be bringing. I mean, because she and I had not spoken about any of her participation in the permanent of, um, I had no idea. And I'm just Queen Quest. I have a quick question. What yes. would be the resolution that you're seeking, the ideal? Let's say a year from now. Well, she, she, needs, to be well, she <laughs> needs to have that seat. She needs to have that seat on the African Union, number one. She needs to be instated in that seat, and she needs to be and our representative on that organization and that organization, and that worldwide organization. And on behalf of the slave holding me, I would like to be uh, have a seat, a uh, voice on the um, uh, African descendant, uh, which comes out of the African Union. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Let's let's hear her. Let's hear the Queen's answer. The the reason that I started laughing or chuckling, so to speak, when you mm-hmm. said that is because you asked me what what ultimately would be what I'd want. What I'd ultimately want is for all black people around the world to support one another. And mm-hmm. that's right. being real. That's ultimately what mm-hmm. I want, and that's ultimately right. what I'm working for every day. Mm-hmm. So, right. so that's ultimately what I want. I laughed because I knew already I could feel the reactions of others to that. You know, they would say, "Oh Lord, what's wrong with us? She live in a utopia." I'd love to, because I no. live in what no, I no, believe. No, no, we're talking. Close... We're talking about specifically about this. Yeah, this yeah, small, yeah. You this all answered the specifics to this, but that's not what the question was. The question was to me, what is it that I ultimately would want? So I got ready no, to answer I'm sorry, that question. Let me question. pose it again. Let me pose it again. What would you want from the UN as far as this right. monument, this particular monument, this project? Because the yeah, monument well, to me doesn't look like anything that represents what we're talking about, African Americans. Well, I, I have my own brothers existed. about what the monument came out to be, and I'll leave that alone since it's already okay. there. It's permanent. So they can have Let's that. deal with the fact that it's there. And yeah, we can't do nothing about I, that now. What I would right. want is exactly what Brother Dr. Davis has said earlier, is that we need to actually have a libation dedication mm-hmm. ceremony that represents okay. the entire African diaspora of the world. Mm-hmm. I right. don't feel mm-hmm. that it needs to simply be relegated to African Americans. I feel like it needs to be truly what it was supposed to be for. The people who had traversed what we call the transatlantic slave trade route. That means we're talking about a global gathering. And I feel that whether we're talking about Garifuna, Gullah Geechee's, people from Brooklyn, Harlem, wherever they are, we need to be represented there together. And I would like to lead the libation ceremony that represents mm-hmm. all of us globally being around that monument in New York City. If we can yeah. talk about people marching to D.C. over and over and over in our journey, then mm-hmm. I feel that they should have to have the high level of security they have for any other gathering at the U.N. on that day for the amount of people of African descent that would line the streets of Manhattan to march in there to just go by that place. 
You have, uh, what is it called, Ground Zero, where people right. stand mm. in line for hours to have to right. go there just to take a time to look and reflect. I feel that we should have a period of no less than 12 hours that though that gate is open that people of African descent of the diaspora would be able to come and do that after the libation ceremony with our drumming, with our incense, with our traditions are done to properly yes. dedicate the monument. That's number one. And then to give, pay homage to God for it finally being there, for anybody to even acknowledge that this happened to us. Because don't forget now, some people act like we made it up, that we didn't have a it. Holocaust. And then right. three to then truly give homage and credence to our ancestors that survived the Middle Passage and those that didn't, to try to Mm -hmm. lay to rest the spirits of those that didn't make it up that Hudson River right there in the back of the U.S. That's right, that's right. That got sold at Wall Street and the East River right there in Manhattan. We have to make sure that the voices of our ancestors speak through us daily. And I feel that we need to have every global media that can possibly be reached, everything from blog talk to the BBC to to whatever, Essence and Everything magazine. Yes, okay, Al Jazeera. Mm-hmm. All of them mm-hmm. need to be there for such an occasion. So I'm an event planner. If I were planning the event, I just gave you where I would start. And then That's the invitation will go beautiful. out. That's an excellent and beautiful answer. Um, I don't think I expected it. It was it was it was mm-hmm. as if you already studied and knew the answer to the questions. But I can see and envision everything that you said is extremely possible. Um, I you know I'm claiming it as if it is. Uh, we can do that. That's that is not a humongous feat. Um, it says that you know one uh, 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 movement starts with one person. And I think that your words will resonate uh, with a lot of listeners and the people that can say, you know, why can't we stop? You know, why if we could, like you say, if we could continue to march over and over again to Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. we need to redirect our energies to the people who succeeded while also paying homage and respect to those who didn't make it through the Middle Passage. But, but, right. but we need to start studying these people who made it through. Because Correct. if it wasn't for their success, we wouldn't be here today. Thank you. So just knowing our history tells us that that is a small feat compared to that's what right. we've been through. So that's nothing. That's we can do We can do this 12-hour um, memorial and dedication in New York City. That's yes. nothing. So um, I think that the listeners, we're going to have to have a call of action I will speak to Dr. Leonard Jeffries, and I will Thank ask you. him and talk to some other people and see what we can do with um, this uh, dedication ceremony, which we deserve. We deserve yeah, it. Right. And for you to have run up and down, uh, and I guess, through air, the airplanes and airports trying to get to yeah. the U.N. to have these meetings, yes. mm-hmm. that is not a On my dime. On my dime, right. not on anybody else's dime. Because mm-hmm. you're an activist, you're a true activist, and mm-hmm. it was worth every penny. And it's Absolutely. not in vain. It's mm-hmm. not no. in vain. Everything happens for a reason. Yes, mm-hmm. it so um, it's done. I well, think it's done. I, I, and, um, we don't we deserve just, it. The I, started. We demand it. That's mm-hmm. right. I like that. I we agree. Demand it. Absolutely. That's right. 
So well, I think we, we can end the show on this note, and I'd like to give yeah. um, Queen Quet the last comment, but we'll start with you, Dr. Davis, and then you spell it, and then we'll end it with Queen Quet's um, last comments and her uh, her farewell. Well, let me, let me say that she has spoken eloquently, and yes. she has spoken uh, to the point uh, very much um, to what we need to do, what uh, what our problem is, what our solution is. She's uh, she has eloquently demonstrated that in her comments. I'm fully behind mm-hmm. her. I give her. I give her my support. I want to. Uh, um, uh, I want to see this uh, take place. I want to see this planning take place. I'm, I'm behind this effort, but I'm also very, very. Uh, um, um, I'm, I'm very much. Uh, I, I very much want to address this idea of being duly represented. Not just not just in the United Nations, but on the African Union, because this is a this is a this is it is, it is time now for us to take our rightful place before the world and to be represented, duly represented, properly represented. And I think she um, she is not more than qualified. It is her divine right, as far as I'm concerned. And um, uh, and we need to go forward and, and get these uh, and bring our people together. It's appropriate that a woman do this. It's appropriate that a woman do this and a black woman do this. It's obviously that... Uh, and a spiritual um, woman. A and a very spiritual, spiritual woman. woman. That's right there. That's very and important. So that's why, when I, I, that's, why, when I, that's why when I listen to her, uh, you know, if I haven't meet, met her in the past, mm-hmm. to me she has a divine right. She, her appointment is a divine appointment. It's not someone that was not political. It's not by consensus. It's by divine um, appointment as far as I'm concerned. And so mm-hmm. I, I recognize I recognize her place in our in our in our in our culture and our, within our people. So I want to give honor to that. I want to see this happen, mm-hmm. and I want to see her. I want to see her on that AU representation. That's what I have to say about that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I would just like to add. Do agree that we need to be recognized in this country, and the 55 million displaced Africans. As many as possible should uh, descend upon New York and recognize our ancestors. I'm very glad that this has developed into the think tank that it has. Uh, When I started this journey, it was just my voice being outraged, and I'm so happy to have you all join me, and I want to join you in any way and capacity that I can assist. Um, I want to represent our ancestors and seek recreation and also um, visit the the UN um, African nation as far as they're giving funds to the civil society to help us um, bring forth this day. Um, what day we will select, um, I, I don't know. Maybe we can discuss yeah. that. But, but um, I, I think it's a wonderful yeah. idea and a long time in coming, um, and I'm just excited to have everybody join in. Thank you, especially okay. Queen Clint. Yeah. Queen Clint, we're going to continue this conversation through Blog Talk Radio. We can make these um, telephone conversations private. Yes. Yeah. Um, and we can also have them public, but we can use this forum and this medium mm-hmm. to continue this um, networking and to make sure that dedication happens. So uh, we'll mm-hmm. talk to you off air to make sure we have the right people on the line next time we speak to you. 
Absolutely. Okay. All right. So you Leslie, have the last. I want I want I want I want to acknowledge you, Leslie, for what you have been mm-hmm. do- doing and in bringing us together and mediating the discussion. So I want to mm-hmm. applaud you as well. Okay. Well, I'm just a technical person. Um, you know, you go out, you get the guests, you you are the, pro- the producers, and I'm just here to you know provide my skills and talents and my passion to help you you know, get your message out. So that's what I'm, I'm trying to do. So like I said, we're, we're going to organize and have her, have Queen Quip back on with the right people. First and foremost, Dr. Leonard Jeffries, he's been on the show twice. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to get him on the line. He's right here in Jersey. He lives in New Jersey. So Queen, without further ado. Yes. Well, yes, I just once again want to say thank you, thank you to all of Honolulu in the circle today for We the Crack We Team with this show because definitely our ancestors need to continue to be acknowledged. They need to have their names spoken. And as we all know that the African proverb tells us that as long as a man or woman's name is spoken, that man or woman never dies. So many Mm -hmm. of us no longer know the names even of our great-great-great-grandparents. But as Mm -hmm. long as we call out our African ancestors, they hear us. And so I definitely appreciate you for having this broadcast so that we can get others to call out these names and to stand with us and unite in making sure that what is a monument is not just seen as a piece of rock sitting at Mm -hmm. the UN, but that will actually be properly dedicated and that that energy and that power will always be there to also speak to all those coming through those gates to go to those meetings. So I look forward to continuing the dialogue, and I also pray that those who unite with us to do the dedication in New York will also come to Sullivan's Island here in the Gullah Geechee Nation because this is the place where over 40% of all Africans enslaved in North America came through. And so Mm -hmm. next summer, and Dr. Davis has been there before, that's where we first met, our Gullah Geechee Nation International Music and Movement Festival will be back in Charleston, which was Charlestown, the largest enslavement auction block in North America, in New York's Wall Street, and the East River was the second. We will be Mm -hmm. there the first Saturday in August next year. And so if people will go to Gullah dot info, you can connect on that and you can always go to Gullah Nation dot com, follow our blog there and follow us on Gullah Nation on Facebook or at Gullah on Twitter and Instagram because as I mentioned earlier, we will continue to post daily about our people and our progress. I'm not about struggle. I'm about progress. And in this international decade of people of African descent, I do believe Mm -hmm. that if there is any greater time that we've reached, this is our time to make progress and to uplift our ancestors and provide for our next generation. So God bless on the children and may the gist of freedom continue to bring freedom to our people. One last comment. One last comment, Queen Quest. The yeah. slaveholding you said she was a slave in Charleston, South Carolina. Have you heard of Smith Plantation? What plantation? Smith. There, there are a couple right of Smith Plantations. The Smith oh, Plantation so is on Port Royal Island. South Carolina. Port Royal Island, where the Emancipation okay. Oak is, is where Smith okay. Plantation was. Once well, again, go to Gullah Geechee TV and look up I Emancipation will. Day Queen Quet, and you will actually will. see me at the Smith Plantation. I Okay, mm. thank you. All right. All right. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Leslie. Be well. Thank you, Dr. Be well. David. Be a blessing, everyone. 
Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Flo, and this is my impression of a drill instructor directing a musical. Town hut! Get those tap heels in line and let me see those jazz hands! Are you bundling your home and auto insurance through Progressive? Can you hear me through those sequins? Bundle your home and auto through Progressive and save. Left, 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 and step ball change. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates. Home insurance provided and serviced by other select insurers.